stay at home on nine to five, raising your babies with joy and pride. A real ass mom, your real ass mom, taking care of business. Ooh, girl, you're resilient. Cause you're a real ass mom, a real ass mom. Welcome to the Real Mama Pod. Real ass moms sharing real ass experiences. The things people don't tell you. Hey, mama. Hey. Hey, mama. Hey, friend. Hey, how are you? I'm good. We're in person. Yes, we are. Can y'all tell? Yeah, I can tell. And we have a guest. <laughs> Man, we. The guests. The guests. The guests just keep coming and they just. They're good. They good are guests. good. And we good have guests. an amazing guest. Somebody who's gonna whip us right on in the shape. Yes, she's I hope a, y'all ready. A ball mama, a boss, a boss, hustler, podcaster. Yeah, what else? Successful as hell. Yes, mama of four, four, four y'all, four Wife. Four kids. Yes, so <laughs> she got a lot. She got a resume, y'all. A whole a resume. CV. Oh, oh a CV. She got a CV. <laughs> yes. I like that one. She got a whole ass. CV. Yeah, so we have Alina Conley here with us. And Alina is special to me because she is my profile, like my big sister, my everything. I look up to her so much. So, yes, I'm so happy she's here. <laughs> Y'all see how Alina looked yeah, right. um, You know, I'm a little so baby. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, <laughs> full circle moment. So thank you yeah. for having me. Of, of course. course. Thank you for coming. And like, as soon as I texted her, she was like, absolutely. Like, what were you waiting for? Like, <laughs> yeah. why did you take so long to ask? I so know. we had to get that shit together first. Right. Like, like, we got to have some ducks in a right. row. Not all of them. <laughs> right. At least a few little duckies. Yeah, let us, you know. So, yes, we're so happy to have you here. So welcome to the Real Mama Pod. Yes, I'm so glad to be here. This is so dope. I'm so proud of you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, uh, one of the first questions we asked our guest is, uh, tell us a little bit about your journey to mamahood. Oh, God. (laughs) Come on. You know, I I was not... planned out pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I have four kids. And so people, I was like, how did you decide to have multiples? And I'm like, I could not <laughs> figure out how to not get pregnant. Um, and so, you know, I think that for me, my journey into motherhood was very much uh, one that was unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, me and my uh, boyfriend at the time, you know, just one day after brunch, yeah. you know, we, we kind of mm. could see. The mimosas got y'all. It was a whole mimosa. It was me and my homegirl. And it was just, I came home and I was like, we should try to have a baby. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Not thinking it was going to happen. You know how right. it is. You come home and you're just like talking crazy, sexy. <laughs> next thing I know, uh, I found out and um, I actually found it on April Fool's Day. Oh, shoot. Oh, wow. So, you know, that's like the infamous, like, don't play with, you know. But I told my friends, like, y'all, I know it's April Fool's, but this is, like, not a joke. Like, I'm pregnant. And they know I'm a jokester. So they, right. they just didn't believe me. And so my best friend, Cherie, sent my other best friend, Maya, over to our high rise to, like, literally check the pregnancy test. <laughs> um, like, let me just double check. Did you be lying? Yes. So I was definitely one of those, like, this is unplanned. I don't know what I'm doing. I wasn't ever thinking about this next phase. Right. Um, and I don't really think that 
even once I became a mother that I fully accepted my role. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like motherhood for me, um, I was just kind of like, well, it happened. Um, you know, ch- children are a blessing. Like, let me just kind of add this child to my life. Right. right. I kind of thought mm-hmm. Parker was just going to be like, listen, he going to brunch with me. He traveling with me. We just going to do this whole Instagram mom life. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And that was not my reality. Um, I had to adjust to his life and to his right. needs mm-hmm. very quickly. Um, and so I think that my journey into motherhood looks like my journey into really adulting, okay. which is adapting to when plans don't go as planned. Right. right? And so, you know, mm. here I am, four kids later, um, and it's still the same thing. Yeah. You know, plans never go as planned, <laughs> and you just yeah. have to be resilient. So. How old are our four babies? So we got seven, five, three, and one. So every two years, I've been pregnant for mm. the last eight years. <laughs> um, like, literally, almost a decade I've been pregnant, y'all. Wow. Can we just take a drink? Are we going to <laughs> This is the longest stretch since having children that mm-hmm. I haven't been pregnant. Because normally, right when my kiddos turn one, mm-hmm. I find out that I'm pregnant. Yeah. And so um, I've been four months not okay. pregnant. So. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel? I mean, life is actually really good. Like, I think that I had a conversation with Prince the other day, my husband, and I was like, yo, like, hormones are a real fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the first time that even though life has been challenging or, you know, we've had some things come up, I feel like I can deal with them right. because my hormones aren't crazy because of breastfeeding right. or, you know, mm-hmm. a newborn. And so I do not take this for granted. Like, my mental health feels really good right now because, you know, I'm, I'm just able to just kind of regulate. You say your mental health. What do you, what do, you do to keep your mental health up and, and going? Right. Well, four kids and a husband. Right. Well, I have to just put down the bottle because otherwise it's crazy, right? Like, I, I, I actually, so I got pregnant during the pandemic again. That was my last baby, and probably for a good thing because I remember by week two, I was like, okay, this is gonna be my this is gonna be my COVID cocktail. Like, I had started being like Tito's is my thing, and probably would have really become like a whole problem during the pandemic. So thank God that didn't happen. I got pregnant, right? But as far as mental health, um, it's something that I take very seriously because. Um, we have mental health issues within my family mm-hmm. um, on my father's side. And so, you know, it's one thing to kind of talk about mental health, but when you are exposed to it at a very, very uh, close level, you right. realize that it's not just about creating awareness, but it's also about creating um, acceptance around the challenges, right? right. So mm-hmm. understanding that there's action behind what you need to do to kind of move through it. And so for me, mental health or trying to get control of it is taking action on it. So, you know, I have a therapist, I have a life coach, mm-hmm. um, but I also know the things that t- typically uh, trigger me, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, sleep is a big thing for me, which I know feels impossible, you know, as a mother. But if I cannot restore myself, right. it doesn't matter how much coffee I have. Like, I will not be able to be that mom. So I know I need proper rest. Um, nutrition is big for me. Um, not necessarily, oh, I'm on this certain diet, but I know that I can't overly consume sugar. Right. It makes me really cranky. It makes my... Um, Hormones get out of whack, mm-hmm. um, so I, I manage my sugar. Um, but I also, I mean, I'm a life coach for a living, so this right. is, like, what I do, right? So I'm constantly, like, learning new things about 
how our brain actually functions, what mm-hmm. makes it thrive. And um, I think that, you know, the last three years or the last four years, which have probably been the most turbulent for my mental health, mm-hmm. um, I've really had to invest in understanding, like, what makes me flourish, right? right? So not necessarily how do I cope, but once I get back to neutral, how do I then bring myself back alive? And so mm-hmm. to answer your question, it is about, you know, doing the work to figure out, like, how, what is my genetic makeup and what can support me? Yeah. Right? Wow, I love that. That was deep. Oh, Ooh. the thunder. Yeah, I don't know if y'all can hear that, if right. the lights pick that up, but it's loud. The rain. <laughs> All right. In. Wow. That was deep. Thank it you for that. Was. So, like, I know this is like a burning question for our listeners, so we're going to get right to it, okay? So, being a mom of four, like, how do you make time for each kid individually, for yourself, and then your husband, too? Like, mm-hmm. That's a lot. It's a lot of people to, to be responsible to. for. It is a lot, um, you know. And I do. I mean, I spend many days. Well, I'll say this: because I don't personally know a ton of people who live in my shoes. I right. feel like initially it felt like I was all alone. You mm-hmm. know, like even my kids who have one and two. I mean, my friends who have one and two kids. I'm just like. They complain, and I'm been, I'm like, girl, what? If I had two kids, baby, we'd be we out the door, you know? But, you know, honestly, I think that with four kids, uh, I'm able to do it because I have a very supportive spouse. Right. Um, I always tell people that, you know, initially Prince was much better at this parenting thing than me. Mm-hmm. He comes from uh, a large family. His mother used to run a daycare. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never even saw a newborn until – Two months before Parker was born, my nephew was born. That okay. was the first time I ever seen a baby that small. And so, you know, shout out to him because he has been very instrumental from the beginning, right? right. Which mm-hmm. I know is a blessing because, you know, it's hard to kind of figure out when you're breastfeeding, how do you support a mom and, you know, this and that. But we're outnumbered now, right? right. And so, you know, <laughs> outnumbered. We're outnumbered. And so a lot of people say, like, well, how do you do it all? And I think it's hilarious that people think that I do because I have been very um, – very, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cognizant about making sure that I scale back as much as possible. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even in the work that I do, my mantra is less is more, right? Okay. So I feel like there were so many things that I tried to hold on to in the beginning, you know, whether it was the amount of time that I work or the amount of time that I create or, you know, uh, brunch or traveling, like all the things that I love, you want to try to keep them up. But then eventually you realize, like, in this season, I cannot do it all. Right. So mm-hmm. seasonality is very important um, for me to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I think, you know, working with my own coach made very clear because I would say to her, like, it just feels like there's not enough time in the right. day. I never have time for me. Da, da, da. And she was like, why are you trying to do all of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like That's you real. can always get back to these things. Right. Yeah. In two years, maybe even a year, once everyone's potty trainer, once this and that. But like in this moment, what is most important to you? Right. You know, and I and I made it very clear for myself that my kiddos were my priority, right? Now, obviously, there are things that also matter, mm-hmm. like my mm-hmm. relationship, my marriage, you know, my relationship with my mother, my family, those are things that are important. So I try to bring them in, you know, but in a way that supports me, right? right? So we do a lot of stuff in the house. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we are not, like, we learn early on we don't do well with, like, out-of-control kids in public. Right. You know? <laughs> Francis, he don't like to be embarrassed in public, so he'd be looking at me like, 
this is why we don't leave the house, you know? <laughs> so I think that it's just one of those things that you have to kind of figure out what works for you. I think that we run my house like a well-oiled machine. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we get up at a certain time. We plan accordingly. You know, we um, make sure things are done the night before. We try to streamline our commute. Uh, mm-hmm. I outsource a lot, right? Like I don't, I, I do my laundry every day, but I still have someone come and help me with that. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, um, all of my kids have individual needs, right? right? I have two children who have special needs. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not an option for me to kind of lean into motherhood. It like it was by force, right? you mm-hmm. know, because they need extra resources. Like there's not a week that doesn't go by that I'm not either in therapy a doctor's appointment, a surgery, like there's always something for a kid right. every yeah. week, you know? So that's kind of, it's my full-time job. Like I basically work part-time, mm-hmm. but like right now my attention is on them because they need it. Right. right? And yeah. you don't get them that long. So yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. You don't, they're only here or in your house usually for those 18 years go by fast. They yeah. do. They, they do. really do. Mm-hmm. They do. So tell us about your business. Like okay. how are you whipping us into shape? Well, <laughs> how are you whipping us into shape? You know, my business is, it is my outlet, is my joy, because again, my life is so structured, right? right. Like, and mm-hmm. I'm a type of person that I need and thrive off of freedom, creativity, and autonomy. Mm-hmm. And so for me, being able to create a business that allows me to help other people flourish Mm -hmm. has just been a a joy. So I've always kind of been in this coaching space for almost a decade now, whether it was business or marketing, whatever. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in 2020, essentially when I I was still a brand manager with the Lip Bar and I got pregnant with Lex and, you know, working for a small business is just demanding, Mm -hmm. right? And now I have all the kiddos home. I'm pregnant. I'm having to homeschool. And so I had to have a, a conversation with myself like, even though you are really killing it at where you love your team, this does not align to the lifestyle that you have right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you need something that you can be more flexible with, that you're not managing a ton of people. Cause that was a big thing. Like I had a whole team that I had to kind of know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I barely even know the last time I took a shower. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even though I'm good in this role, I need something else. Right. So within my business or so what I'll say is that at that time I decided, okay, what is something that will give you the freedom and flexibility to kind of go and build, right? And so I decided that I wanted to lean into the coaching space, which is what I've just loved to do. Mm-hmm. And so I launched my um, my coaching practice in October of 2020. Um, and so within the business, you know, what we focus on is helping high-achieving women like yourselves, <laughs> um, you know, really create harmony between work and home, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the biggest thing people are looking for. Like, how do I do it all? How do I find myself and my passions and my purpose, but also contribute to the world, right? right? Mm-hmm. How do I love, you know, spend time with my kids and my husband? And so, you know, within the coaching practice, it's a, a one-on-one 12-month program mm-hmm. where I work with people to essentially do what I call life crafting, which is basically what I did for myself, right? It's right. like, based on my season, based on my top three priorities, mm-hmm. How am I misaligned and how can I realign based on my strengths, right? I so we that. we really focus on, you know, bringing people back to themselves, right? Back to self is what we talk about so that the things that they're choosing to focus on is really what's most aligned for the season, mm-hmm. right? Because I could be doing something completely different in two years when, you know, my kiddos are a little bit more self-sufficient or whatever. And so it's about kind of 
doing the work to figure that out. Right. And so most of the times when people work with me, we just get really honest about like what matters to you. Right. Because right? yeah. how often do we do the work to improve, but we're improving something that we never really wanted to do from the start. Mm. You know, you're like, oh yeah, I was was a marketing major, you know, so I guess I got to do marketing. And then you get there and you're like, I don't even like this shit. Like I'm tired of running campaigns. I don't (laughs) even like social media, you know? So it's really like kind of what they talk about that inner child. Like, what did you love to do when you were five years old? Right. What Mm. is that story that you would love to bring back alive? And so we do a lot of that. So I love that. I love it. So what are your dreams for the Reminder Remedy? So, okay, so the Reminder Remedy Coaching Company, um, you know, is a little bit different than the Reminder Remedy Podcast. It's kind of like different entities, right? But Mm -hmm. I think ultimately, you know, my goal is to really lean into this space of, like, the future of work, right? Mm -hmm. Because what I have found is that even when people do invest in coaching, Mm -hmm. you know, the biggest portion of their life is work, Mm -hmm. right? So we have to kind of work around this elephant in the room, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I want this, this, and this, but I got to stay chained to my desk for this time, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with that, there comes a challenge of, you know, do people feel the value in investing on a personal level? And so, mm-hmm. you know, the future for me is shifting more towards organizations because I personally feel like when your company allows you to do this, right, mm-hmm. and you're no longer having to kind of outside of work figure out, like, how am I going to find life outside of work? But right. if your company said, listen, we know based on, you know, all of the research that people thrive when they feel like they have work-life balance, mm-hmm. when they feel like mm-hmm. they're in the right, you know, in the right roles, when they're with the right teams. And so, you know, I've, I've really started to lean into this space of collaboration. So I have some partners down in Houston um, who I bring some of the Reminder Remedy coaching work with. And we're going directly to organizations to think about now that we're out of COVID, you know, and people got this taste of freedom, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like I think in Virginia, they said over 600 workers basically said, I'm not coming back because they said they couldn't work remote anymore. Right. And that's huge. You're really, you're willing to leave your job right. because you don't want to go into an office right. because now you've tasted a little bit of life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be able to partner with organizations who, you know, HR departments are, they're tired. They're, they're at capacity mm-hmm. to come in and help them do the work around well-being, like creating that harmony for their employees so that it can increase their bottom line. You know, everyone can be in a thriving space. So the future of the Mind of Remedy looks like really going to the source, right? Really going to where people spend the most time mm-hmm. to create new policies um, and, and new programming to help people find that. I love that. Yes. You need to talk to school Freedom. districts and right. everybody. Oh, you know, if you want to introduce me industry. to your talent team. Right? <laughs> Seriously. Ooh, child. The whole industry can... you can tap into. Hello. A lot of industries. So what would you say thus far would have been your biggest success story coaching? Mm. Oh, God. And do you find it rewarding personally? <laughs> Um, so rewarding. Like it's literally like giving birth, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. just feel so proud. Um it's hard to talk about just one because mm-hmm. again, we can't have favorite kids. Right. right? I had to have my children, <laughs> I mean, my clients' kids, but you know, even even when I do point out people on my Instagram, they always message me, Oh, that's your favorite client. <laughs> um but I will, I will have to say one of um one of my favorite and probably one of my first uh true success stories was um, for my client, Koi Morrison, shout out to Koi, mama four, two sets of twins under the age of six. Ooh, Bless you, Koi. Okay, single mama, raising four babies. Whoa. Okay, four sets, two sets of twins. So first of all, that in itself, itself. Yep. you know. Right. Um, 
But, you know, I always think that when we when we do work and meaningful work that we're called to do, you attract clients that become um, spiritually aligned mm-hmm. with you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I get emotional when I talk about it because there were there have been times where I'll be in sessions with my clients and I'll have like days that are like super rough, mm-hmm. right? And I'm thinking, like, oh, I need to cancel this session. Right. And then my clients will get on Zoom, not even in person, on Zoom, and they've had rough days, too, right. that are, for whatever reason, in the same arena of right. what I've dealt with. And, you know, whatever drove us to get on that call was nothing but, we always say, this is nothing but the Holy Spirit. Because right. mm-hmm. literally, like, we'll have moments where she'll, they'll come and they'll say, well, this is what I've been thinking. And then whatever I've dealt with in the day, I'll say, well, what I did, what I experienced today was um, a true example of why what you believe needs to exist in the world needs to exist. So I'll make this actually more practical. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my client, she basically decided she wanted to start a school, Mm -hmm. um, a school. She was in Memphis, um, and she basically decided that, you know, she was like, I don't know why I'm being pulled to education because she had been trying to resist it. She's like, I'm just going to go corporate, whatever. Right. But she had been recently experiencing this kind of trauma that we all go through, which is like, do I choose my children's education or their their identity? Right. right? Because mm-hmm. most of these private that's schools deep. are that's mostly, whole podcast. you know, mm-hmm. they're mostly white, right? But that's where the resources are. That's where the opportunity is. Right. But, you know, is that worth sacrificing their identity, their right. confidence, them knowing their history, right? So we're paying the grip. We're spending our last on our right. children's education, but yet when we leave, we're wondering, like, who's going to look out for my baby, right. you know? Yeah. And that and that was, like, a moment where, you know, like I said, I, Parker, most people know by now that Parker has dyslexia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his educational journey has been very challenging yet very rewarding in my awareness but the biggest thing is, like, the resources for the community are there, but there are no, like, he's the only black boy in his mm-hmm. class, right? And so that's a constant struggle. It's like, you know, the only time he sees black kids is in counseling. Right. Like, and that's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's heartbreaking. So, you know, she's thinking about creating this space, whatever. And I'm like, listen, whatever you decide to do, that's what you decide to do. But let me tell you my story. So I'll tell her my story about my challenges with Parker. And something about my journey, Mm -hmm. you know, being attuned to hers, gave her the catalyst that she needed, right? Mm -hmm. So a year, we probably, she had probably had this conversation with me May of last year. By August, she had launched her company. Wow. Wow. Okay. She launched her school. Next week, she'll be in her second year. Okay. So we've launched a, uh, a Afro- African-American-based Montessori-type curriculum. Wow. Student-led in Memphis, right? Wow. Um, and she gets to be there with her baby. She's providing something to, con- to the community. She has no business experience. Mm-hmm. We got her funding. She got fundraising from all over the country. Wow. You know, I had people come in and essentially, you know, pro bono uh, give her work on, like, projections. When you're doing meaningful work, meaningful work, yeah. everything just comes, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so, I get very excited because I know what I'm called to do, which is like to pull that genius right. out of them. But then when they see it, like she called me on the last day of school in tears, seven a.m. Like, do you know this would not be possible without you? Yeah. Like, you know, any day that you doubt what you should be doing, right. make sure you keep going. So that is a beautiful I love story. That. <laughs> wow, that gave me chills. You said at Memphis, yes. and it's. Montessori, but yes, it's, it's called uh, the Lab School. The oh, Lab School, yes. You have I to like look that, that up. Yeah, 
Yeah. That is such a beautiful story. Okay. It really is. Koi is her name, you said? Koi. And I remember seeing that on your Instagram. Yes. I do remember seeing that. Full story on the Instagram. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. It goes back to what we talked about earlier, which is around doing like this self-discovery work, right? right? Because Mm -hmm. in, in order to create this momentum that you need to get past stuck it's also creating awareness of what is it that you actually want right right um I also think that you know the feeling of stuck is also when people spend too much time thinking about both the past and the future Mm. and not the now Mm. right okay Mm. so when we increase that appreciation for right now like Okay, I could immediately be thinking about, okay, what am I going to be cooking for dinner tonight? Or, like, what am I going to be doing tomorrow? Like, back to school. You know, it's raining outside. Right? All of these things that make you feel paralyzed around what you have to do next. Right. But if you, like, whenever I feel myself starting to feel a little anxious about, okay, which decision should I make? What should I overly plan for the future? That's that feeling of stuck. And so it's like, okay, Alina. What can you control right now? Right. And so I think that when it comes to motherhood, we spend a lot of time, um, especially in the beginning, thinking about our old life. Right. Uh, <laughs> our, old, our old body, our old girls' trips. You know, like that was a big. Old freedom. Yeah. Just, that was a big thing for me in the beginning. I'm like, I just feel stuck. Like, I don't know what I want to do next. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what is going to be allowed you right. know, as a mom. And so, you know, being able to release that, right. like that radical self-acceptance that I spent a lot of work, you know, on with myself mm-hmm. and also, you know, with my clients is about that appreciation for, but look how far you've come, right. you know, like that was a season. It doesn't mean that you can't find joy in these new times, right? right? Mm-hmm. And then I think the other part of it is like the the planning, like moms tend to try to overly plan mm-hmm. their kids' lives, their lives, okay, yeah. you know, I just had the baby, you know, mm-hmm. now we got to get a bigger house. Now we got to plan for the first birthday party. Now we got to find the best schools. Now we right. got to, and it's all of that is overwhelming, yeah, right? And so that overwhelm is that stuck assness that I, I haven't even said in so long, right? <laughs> but you know that that over that overwhelm is the paralyzation of not knowing right now what am I grateful for? Right, you know mm-hmm. what feels really good in this season. What are the things that are happening for me that I can just really lean into? Um, right. You know, so I think that my advice for getting unstuck and and really kind of moving through that is allowing yourselves to get still enough, right? Mm -hmm. That concept of Mm -hmm. less is more. Stop doing so much. Like, scale back your calendar. Like, I always tell people, like, make a list of every single thing you're responsible for. Every single task at work, at home. Then you have three categories, all right? It's automate, delegate, and eliminate, right? right? Mm -hmm. And when people can kind of break those things down and have those core activities that they really want to spend their time on, they create more flow, right? Because we're giving ourselves permission to really just do the things that we want to do versus all of these tasks that we feel like we have to do every single day. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm definitely a planner, over planner. I'm always thinking about what are the details of this? Mm -hmm. How much time do we have to plan this? How is this going to affect everybody? Like that, you really do get stuck. I, I'd get, I definitely do. Yeah. I'm already planning Eli's fifth birthday. <laughs> right. <laughs> like how many people would we invite? Right. What all do we need? Can we, they got a group rate? Like what? All that stuff. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So. I definitely fall victim to that. Yeah, absolutely. So Devin has mentioned, um, and you've talked about you being a podcaster. Like that's big. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Like right? we've talked about that, right? So. 
give us some tips. Like for the mama who may be interested in starting a podcast, like what tips would you give her? Like what, what, what would that look like? Yeah. You know, I think that this space of podcasting has grown so much since mm-hmm. I started. Like I just told y'all this is my first time doing something in person. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that there are definitely, definitely levels to podcasting. Like, you know, people can, Um, be on networks and you know travel for interviews and like you know do these kind of batch content days where they do different things and so I think that the sky is the limit right Right. but for me personally uh, podcasting really just started out as a passion project for Mm -hmm. myself it was Mm -hmm. a gift for myself I think I had just um, had Alicia and again I felt like I was in this space where you know, I need time for me, mm-hmm. but I don't have a ton of time, right? right? And mm-hmm. the other part of my personality is I love to consume content. So mm-hmm. I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of shows. And, you know, a lot of my knowledge comes alive now in my coaching. But prior to that, I had nowhere for it to land, right? you know? And so, you know, I really found this to be my outlet. And so, you know, when I think about podcasting, it is about storytelling. I am a storyteller at heart. It's about conversations. It's about getting your thoughts into the world. You know, my first uh, couple of seasons, it was just solo episodes with Mm -hmm. me just talking into a mic. Like I would, you know, most episodes I didn't even have notes. Like I was just talking. You can tell. Damn, this shit was three hours long. What are you talking about? You know, then I got a little bit more organized with my thoughts. And in the more recent seasons, I started interviewing because I felt like personally, I wanted to hear other people's story. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Whereas initially it was about, I just want to talk about the things that are on my mind and whoever can relate can grasp it. right? Right. And so I think that if there's someone you know, that's interested, you know, figuring out what do you want it to be, right? right? Like, what's, mm-hmm. is it just a passion project? Because it's okay to have mm-hmm. stuff that's not, you know, for business purposes. Right. That's what yeah. it was for me. But similar to what I just said, when you are working, walking in the direction of your dreams, right. things follow, right? Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. last month, my podcast monetized like $2,000. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, Teach we us. Talk about that. <laughs> like, we can talk and, about that. And yes. that wasn't me pitching. That wasn't me creating a business plan on how I was monetizing. It has been nothing but people coming to me. Right. right. So, you know, my favorite quote from Henry David Thoreau is, again, when we walk in the direction of our dreams, we will see miracles happen in uncommon uncommon places. So you could just be living your regular life Mm -hmm. and somebody will show up. Like I have people emailing me like we want this person on your show or this Mm -hmm. person, you know, so pretty much all my guests have come to me, Right. you know, all my sponsors, you know, and then most of my clients uh, in the last year came from me being on other shows. Right. Mm -hmm. Nothing that I ever dreamt up or wrote up in a plan. So I think that it's about purpose, right? Mm -hmm. It's like what what is it that you want to do? Who do you want to serve? Right. right? Yeah. Who do you think this could, you know, be for? And when you do that, it just, everything else kind of comes alive. Now, you know, if you know I've jumped, like I want to make this kind of money because there is big money in mm-hmm. podcasting. Then you can get real fancy like these people. You know <laughs> and, and really have a strategy. But the dollar signs right. ain't adding they, up to the fanciness. We will. need to figure it that will, out. Though, you know, because it's about, again, the consistency part right. of it, right? And I think that people that really monetize are very consistent. They have, you can, I can go to shows right now and go back five years and find something that I want to hear, right? right? Mm-hmm. Because it's also about the interview. Like, that's the skill set that I feel like most podcasters just have to get better at if they have guests is powerful questioning, yeah. which mm-hmm. comes from listening, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, I have questions prepared for people that I just don't know about at all. Right. But for mm-hmm. the most part, 
I have that as a plan B for if it's not organic, right? right? Yeah. So I'm always going in like, okay, I'm on my Oprah, you know, like I'm asking <laughs> the right questions. Right. I know when to cut them off, right? When it's about to get good. No, we're not going to move past that. Now yeah. tell me, what did your baby daddy do? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that is what makes a good interview. It's like, dang, right. they pulled out the stuff that we can't see online. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So with being a podcaster and a vet in this, because what you're on, what, five years? Yeah. yeah. I don't even call myself a vet because. I'm like, y'all got like 20 episodes. I got 50. Or it doesn't no, matter. No, no. You yeah. still got five. You got skin in the game, okay? We can Seriously. still learn for you. And like you were, like you started out early. Like yeah. podcasting has been a thing, but I feel like it's really coming to more of a, a thing a now. Thing, thing. Like, yeah. especially with, I know for me over the, like during the pandemic is when I started listening to listening. more podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what they said. The uptick was really during the pandemic. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, what is your opinion? Because um, sometimes I personally do get frustrated. Um, <laughs> all these celebrities, and it's like taking over the podcast world, right? Like, it's like, is this space for us? Well, we don't have that. We we can't be, like, get a cameraman every time we've yeah. gone to record. We can't, like, do these reels and all this stuff. We don't have, like, a really a large base right like, now. Yeah. Like, we're growing. We've grown since we launched, but it's just like... Is it room? Are we doing the right thing? Because at first, when we first talked about this, we wasn't trying to make it like a money thing, right? But then mm-hmm. we was like, oh, shit, you can make money off this? Yeah. Okay, well, let's see if we can do that, right? Tap into that. But it's not like a need thing. Yeah. If it happens, it happens. It's a if passion it doesn't, project. it doesn't. It's a passion project, mm-hmm. right? But what mm-hmm. is your opinion about like everybody just coming out with a specifically celebrities because i'm like dang girl like aren't you busy shouldn't you be on tour like (laughs) (laughs) shouldn't you be filming a movie right i mean can we have something i'm a big podcast listener and i don't know not one celebrity that i listen to okay right like i did watch the diddy and carisha right me too young miami (laughs) fan like so like people would say to me i know you like this interview and i'm like yes because i just love a good miami girl you know like you just can't beat that accent so but yeah like Outside of that, I just, I, there's no show that I listen to. So I think that makes a point of right. what, I mean, there's so many different genres, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And I also feel like, you know, again, I've been listening to podcasts for almost a decade now. Right. And so what I listen to has changed, right? right? And so... I shared on a recent interview that, you know, I, I like to place myself in conversations that I would never be in right. on shows. So, like, there's this show, I want to say, with three white guys. I can't remember the name of it, but they're, like, literally 60 and up. Okay. okay? <laughs> but, like, they, I love Tom Hanks as an actor. And uh-huh. so they were interviewing Tom, and I think all of them are in the industry. Again, when would I ever be in a room with, you know. Right. 60-plus-year-old white men hearing about their stories when they were shooting in Ireland. Right. You know? And it's like, literally, it's a portal to other spaces. Right. Mm. Right? So I think that, for me, and this is with anything that I do, if I start comparing myself and looking at, you know, oh, somebody, you know, their setup and all of the semantics that come with it, I'm immediately defeated, right? Right. Because anything that's too much or extra, I can't do anyway. I don't have enough time. Right. So, you know... And when in seasons where I felt like, okay, everybody has a show, I'm getting ready to run, come out with my next season, how am I gonna kind of compete? It was like, kind of like, girl, you can't compete with that, so just do what you do best, right? right? Which is That's a word. great yeah. storytelling, you know, you know what you like to lean into, but it's also about community, right? right? Yeah. So when I think about this show, it's like, we know that the conversation around motherhood for so long has been taboo, like real motherhood, right. you know? And so now that we have so many millennial moms needing that support, right? 
Because I do see a lot of moms that had start. I was the first of my my friends to have kids. Mm-hmm. So now it's like every, everybody's starting to have kids. I'm like, nobody ever told me. Right. And I'm in the back like, bitch, I told you this shit was terrible. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, man. Because I'm like, I told you my hair fell out. I told you my vagina got split. You know, like, I, but again, people don't care until it's their season. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. I think that even if I had created a mom podcast 10 mm-hmm. years ago, that show wouldn't have been for people 10 years ago. Right. But yeah. yours could have been because they're now in the toddler phase or the right. infant phase. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you just got to do you, right? Yeah. Because your your followers, your people, they're going to be, it's like the energy exchange, right? right? Like if this mm-hmm. for you, it will right. magnetize. And our listeners yes. are bomb. I'll and tell the you that. the energy exchange. Yeah. 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 The exchange. Because yeah. they've definitely held us accountable. Yeah, they, ho- they hold us accountable. <laughs> We're sure. a small community. We're definitely growing, but I, I love our... I, we do it for them, yeah. honestly. We do it for them. <sighs> yes, we Even do. when we don't want to do it, we do it for them. That's so. good. That's good. Yeah. So we got to close out with this question. Alina, as long as I've known you, you've been hustling all your life. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm a hustler. Like, literally. <laughs> got a husband now. Yeah, you got four kids. And you have all of these business. Like, you you are doing your thing. How are you, man? Like, how are you managing all of this? Like, yeah. What, what is that? Give us the tea. I yes, mean, please. you know, I think that for me, I'm a creator at heart. So, like, I'm, I see inspiration everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, what has helped me to really keep going is getting very clear on what it is that I do and do and do not want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which is sometimes hard, especially when money's at play and you got four kids. Right. right. And so I mentioned that I've been in partnership, but I just had a conversation with one of my team members the other day where I was like, look, this project that I'm on, like, I don't like it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Not because of the people or what it is, but it's not my skill set. Like right. I can do it. And I can do it, you know, efficiently, but it doesn't bring me alive. Like when I wake up, I'm not trying to be in this spreadsheet or this project management tool. And so I think that for me, you know, I'm not too far from 40. You know, it's like when I turn 40, that's going to be not that I'm 40. I ain't doing nothing that I want (laughs) to. But tipping into that, I feel like it becomes very clear, like where I shine. Right. right? Mm Because when you do things that um, come naturally, it does. You don't lose a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. Right. So with. You know, one of the things that I talk about in my coaching practice, but also for my life, is energy management, over right. time management, mm-hmm. right? So it's not mm-hmm. about, okay, me doing this time block. It's about me understanding if energy is my greatest currency, mm-hmm. how can I make sure that I'm doing things that are um, elevating my energy or that are not drastically pulling it down, right? right? So mm-hmm. if you think about when you're doing work, it could be a project that takes forever, but if you love writing, you could be doing it for three hours, and when you get done, you still feel energetic, right? right? Yeah. It's like my daughter, she loves gymnastics. She, four-hour practice, come home still flipping, mm-hmm. right? She <laughs> loves it, but... I could do an email or a spreadsheet for 10 minutes and right. it sucked the whole day out. Right. And I'm yeah. like, I'm done for the day. And so I've just gotten very clear on what I'm good at, mm-hmm. you know, what brings me alive, what doesn't. And just starting to set boundaries around those things. Like I right. don't take projects like everybody loves working with me when it comes to like marketing and ideas and, mm-hmm. you know, but... For me, marketing and storytelling is fun, but when it comes to the execution of a campaign, which is mainly project management, that's right. not my, my, my lane. Mm-hmm. So if someone comes to me and say, hey, I have this marketing opportunity for you, you know, I'm very clear on this is where I stop right. my contribution to the project, right? Um, or if there are things within my household that just every day I feel like, oh, I can't do this, right? right. Again, laundry, dishes, mm-hmm. my nemesis. Yeah. How can I create this, less of this, right? right? So it's just this concept of, 
okay, when I wake up, I have a certain, like a battery life. I have a certain amount of energy. Right. Every interaction I have, every person I talk to, every task I do is going to take it down a notch. Mm-hmm. But if there are things that are taking it down way more than they should, right. how can I outsource that? How can I get rid of it? Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, I think that when it comes to business, it's just finding your lane, you right. know, like finding what really works for you, which is hard. It's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But it's like a testing thing, right? right. It's kind of like, like let me, yeah, let me go figure out what works. Okay, now nah, this is not gonna work because now I'm angry. You know, I'm you know low patience or whatever. Um, you know, but I also think that it goes back. Like I've never been one. I'm not a super like money chaser. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that I don't. I've never considered myself to be a, a hustler. Mm-hmm. I'm more of like a creative entrepreneur because like I dream big and like I do have the gift of like bringing things to life where I have resources right but I've never been the girl that's like team no sleep or we about to get this money or what y'all doing wake up like that's not me because I'll sleep all day and then I'll be like okay I'm not gonna write a blog post (laughs) and then it just hits because it's like right you know I did it you know with full a full tank right yeah I love that full Mm. tank okay Try that, to operate off full tank. Yeah, tanks. full tank. All right, my battery pack is full. <laughs> right. When we start dec- diminishing, then we got we got to ask some questions. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. So that was a great conversation. Absolutely. And now it's time for some mama juice. So kids, <laughs> what we drinking, girl? Y'all know we always coming with the mama juice. Mm-hmm. So, and there's always inspiration. So yep. a couple things. One, Alina loves coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coffee keeps us going, right? And the name of this drink is called Mama Gotta Have It. And the reason why it's called Mama Gotta Have It is because, like we've said, Alina has always, she gonna have it. Yeah. Like, whatever she want, I on the prize, Beyonce, like. She gonna get it. I'm, it listen. <gasps> I'm a renaissance. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then even just speaking on your story with Koi, right. And her starting her Montessori in Memphis, like that mama had to have it. Right. Right. So this drink is just coming full circle. Yes. Everything she touches gold, baby. (laughs) So what it has is two ounces of whiskey. Y'all know we love our brown. Well, I love my brown. I I think Alina love. (laughs) Um, And then it has four ounces of salted caramel coffee. A half an ounce of maple syrup, and it has some Irish cream topped on the top. So if you're a mama to be, your mocktail. Okay, so let me let me say this. If you've reached your coffee limit for the day, use decaf. Okay, <laughs> don't don't overdo it with your coffee. So you'll have four ounces of coffee, a half an ounce of maple syrup. Watch that maple syrup too. Mm-hmm. And you'll top it with cream. No Irish cream, but cream. They have like salted caramel creams. They have all kinds of flavors. Yeah. So yes, yeah. that's the mocktail version. It's really the mama good. gotta have it. It was strong at first for me. Uh, <laughs> little baby, <laughs> you know, I'm a little baby when it comes to the liquor, but yes, so it, it's good. It's tasty. I like it. It's so. very delicious. Well, okay. thank you, Mama. Mama yes. approved. Mama got, yes. <laughs> so our next segment is Mama's Corner, which is my favorite part mm-hmm. of the show because we get to connect with our listeners. And so this is an opportunity for our listeners to write into us, whether they have a mama hack, if they want to vent about them toddlers or teenagers, wherever they are in mamahood, um, if they want to give us some advice or... Mm-hmm. 
Seek Fit, advice. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. So this is our opportunity to just basically connect with them. But when we have a guest, sometimes we are more reflective than going through Mama's Corner. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to reflect with Alina. And so <laughs> you mentioned, um, you know, like you were the first in your friend group to have children. Mm-hmm. And that you told your friends this, they just didn't remember. So what would you say, being seven years in a game, almost eight, right, in December? Damn. Wow. <laughs> what would you say to these mamas out here? Because we, we struggling. You know, I yeah. think we're a little bit, our generation is a little bit more vocal. We share more. We're not hush-hush, right? And we have communities like the Real Mama Pod. Mm-hmm. But what would you say, just a general statement, to get through what we're going through? Yeah. I mean, it's it's really systemic. Like, it's really, a lot of this is not our fault, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I had this conversation with my mom this morning because I feel, and this is just my theory, <laughs> my soapbox. I feel like, especially for those of us who chose to get an education, mm-hmm. right, and go away for college or whatever, we were taken. A, we were taught to leave our families, right? right. Go like gro- going. Growing up, my mother always said, like, whatever you do, go away, so you yeah. can establish yourself. But really, we were pulled away from our home base, right? right? Mm-hmm. So now, you know, twenty years later, you have millennial moms by the numbers who are struggling, right? Postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and it's all stemmed to the fact that we do not have our village, right? Right. Ooh. We do not have um, a home base. We don't have people that can just. I don't have to say stop it five times. You right. can say it four of the five times, right. right? Like, we don't have that ongoing daily support. Right. Not just the babysitters or whatever. Like, you have an au pair, great. But it still doesn't replace right. family. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, for me, I've thought a lot about this because I've tried everything. I've had a full-time nanny. I've mm-hmm. considered having an au pair. I've had, you know, houseworkers, yeah. whatever. And, you know, my mother is great. But, again, my mother is 70 years old. Right. She's not about to mm-hmm. take care of four kids by herself. Right. And they mm-hmm. all got their own needs. So it's kind of – it feels impossible sometimes. So I think that, you know, number one is, like, taking the guilt off of feeling like I'm doing something right. wrong. Right? Because mm-hmm. much of it is, like, we are displaced. Right. You know, we're around the country with no support. Right. Right? I feel like, for me, what has worked is – not trying to do it all, right? right? Yeah. Like, every kid gets one activity. Right. Like, y'all not about to have me driving all day. Like, I don't got to do everything. I don't got to be on the PTA. I don't right. have to be, you know, doing all of these things. Yeah, so I think it's not feeling the guilt, right, or feeling like you have to do it all. Mm-hmm. I also think one of the things early on for me that supported me best was um, this idea of not placing your identity in your children. Oh. So Ooh. what that looks like is... Just because my kid is not hitting his milestones or talking when other three-year-olds talk doesn't mean I'm a bad mom. Right. Mm. Just because my kid is not, you know, writing his letters at one, Mm -hmm. you know, isn't a reflection of my parents. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Because when we start to put our identity in our kids, it creates this unnecessary pressure of, like, when are you going to be crawling? When are you going to be walking? You You know, and so it's releasing them, like, this is God's creation. Right. He already has a plan for this child. I am just here to... Keep them alive, right? You know, yeah. like, yeah. and when you take that burden off of yourself, it gives you permission to let them do what they were gonna yeah. do anyway, right? Because right? they're gonna do it, yeah, absolutely. When they feel like it, exactly. when they feel like it, exactly. Wow, that's a whole that's nother podcast. Guilt-free motherhood is my, is my. I love that. <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. Yes. A whole nother episode, which we will have to have you back for. Absolutely, uh, seriously, I'm for real. <laughs> yeah, for real. We definitely enjoyed having you and in person, which we don't really get to do often. So we appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And this cocktail was amazing. 
Thank yeah. you. Alina then whipped us into shape again. Yeah. This is again. not our first rodeo with Alina no. whipping us into shape. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> I'm a gentle together. parenter. Hey. You are <laughs> gentle. <laughs> Very gentle. So, um, Spence, where can, or Alina, sorry, where can uh, the people find you on the socials? Um, well, I'm on Instagram at Alina Conley, and then my uh, business and podcast is at The Reminder Remedy. Okay. And then my website is TheRemindermedy.com. Okay. And we'll definitely have that in our description box. Yes. And then, friend, where can they find us? They're listening for the first time. <laughs> so we're on all the socials, as Devin would say, <laughs> at The Real Mama Pod. And I personally am at Kendra Ferg, and that's K E N D R A F E R G underscore. And I'm at Dev Grace underscore D-E-V, as in Victor Grace, G-R-A-C-E underscore. And if you're looking for some mama merch, you can check out our website yes. at www.therealmamapod.com. And if you want to write us, you can also email us at mama at therealmamapod.com. So yeah. hit us up. I I'll be looking all for our those emails. Yeah, I enjoyed this. You got to come back. Yes. No, yeah, you are with, yeah. with, for the guilt-free parenting. Yes. We need to yes, talk about teach that. teach us your ways. Because that's a whole another episode. Because I'm guilty all the damn time. Yeah, for real. <laughs> for real. All right, y'all. Well, Thanks. have a good night. Bye. Bye. Hey, y'all. Guess what? We have our first sponsor. What's up, sponsor? <laughs> So, we are sponsored by Cedar Mist Cottage. Yes. And this is a retro cottage in the great city of Atlanta, Georgia. Ow. So, friend, tell us what Cedar Mist Cottage looks like. What's the vibe? What yes. we got? So, it's super cute and quaint, y'all. Super adult-like, super sexy. Mm -hmm. So it serves many purposes, right? So if you are looking for a quick getaway with your girls, mm -hmm. your homegirls, this is the spot. Mm -hmm. If you are a photographer and you just need a place to shoot real quick, mm -hmm. this is the spot. If you work from home but you want a di different setting, this is the spot. Yes. So, and if you want a solo location, oh, solo location. Yes, because yes, us mamas need. That. Yes, if you want to get away, quiet neighborhood, mm -hmm. and you just want to vibe by yourself. Yes, this is the spot. Yes. So, if you're ever in the Atlanta area, it's very close to the airport. Mm -hmm. Very quiet community. Very safe. Mm -hmm. And it's it not out. far from the city. Not far at all. You get to a lot of places really quickly, and you know that's hard to do in Atlanta. It is. So, so definitely check out, and you can find Cedar Miss Cottage on Instagram mm -hmm. at Cedar, C-E-D-A-R, Mist, M-I-S-T, Cottage, C-O-T-T-A-G-E. So that's at Cedar Mist Cottage on Instagram. Yes, check them out and tell them we sent you. All right. <laughs> Stay at home.